Hey everyone, it's Ron. Our next two shows will take place on Tuesday, May 9th at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego and Wednesday, May 17th at Buntport Theater in Denver. Theme will be Fashion Victim. See you there. Next storyteller. All right, next storyteller. Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. This week's story comes from a special show we hosted at Dink, the Denver Independent Comic and Arts Expo, earlier this month. As part of an all-artist lineup, author and professor Stephen Graham Jones shared a story about Dr. Doom, the Beyonder, and the mystery of darkness that inspires his writing. This story was recorded live on April 8th, 2017 at the McNichols Civic Center building in Denver, Colorado. The theme of the evening was Drawing a Line. Uh, I'll tell, I'm going to tell you all two or three stories about what I consider lines. Um, the first is when I was not a writer and when I was a writer, I feel like. Well, the line between that, and I think that happened for me in the third grade. In the third grade, we lived way out in the country in West Texas. Um, nowhere as well. You couldn't see a light for miles around. About once every two or three weeks, we'd um, jump in, my, in the Buick and go to town to get groceries. And... Um, it was a long old ways to town, and one of those trips, we always we, we always got to stop at this gas station. My mom mom would give us seventy five cents to go inside and get a coke to for the rest of the trip. And one of those times, I went in with my seventy five cents to get a Dr Pepper, actually not a coke. And um, there was a round rack there, and I looked at that round rack, and I'd never seen a comic book before in third grade, and I saw issue number four of Secret Wars, where the Hulk is holding up, well, they say like three billion tons of rock. What's happened is um, Molecule Man has dropped a mountain on him. You know, he's holding that thing up. And I remember standing there looking at that round rack, and my whole life changed. I, I understood that there was a much bigger world than rural West Texas out there. And I went to that grocery, that gas station every chance I got. I didn't get to read Secret Wars consecutively because they would only get like three issues and somebody else would get there before me and buy it, of course. But um, I do remember reading number 11 where Dr. Doom is fighting the Beyonder. And Beyonder is all-powerful, of course. And Doom has lost his leg and his arm and his armor's trashed and he's bleeding and he's like 99% dead. And he's still fighting and he wins. And um, I still get shivery when I think about that issue because... That, like, I grew up with, um, you know, a whole series of stepdads and cops and guns and all kinds of bad situations. I held on to issue number 11 of Secret Wars in my head and my heart all through growing up. And I, I would always tell myself, if Dr. Doom can beat the Beyonder, you can make it through this, you know? And, um, and I feel like that's when I became something like a writer. Anyways, I, I began dreaming, you know? I began, like, insisting on a dream, I guess. And let's see, when I started writing, actually, was, I was 19. I was going to Texas Tech University, and I was sitting in the back of a World Lit 2 class, big old 300-person class, learning about, I was learning about um, Milton or something, I forget. And all I had with me was a spiral and a notebook. And these two cops come in the back door, and they take off their glasses, and they're kind of casing the place, looking around. And I sink down in my chair because I know they're there for me, you know, because the cops were always there for me. And, um, and sure enough, they find me and they invite me outside. And, um, and I'd had enough confrontations with cops at that point that I knew you never speak first. You always wait for them to say what you've done instead of offering up a list of things they can choose from, you know. Um, 
And, um, and so I'm just being really quiet. And they tell, and what they do, they're not there for something I did last weekend. They're there because, um, one of my uncles who lived a few hours away in West Texas had been burned over like 95% of his body. Terrible, terrible, terrible burns. And the town I was in for Texas Tech had the best burn unit in all of West Texas. And they had airlifted him, airlifted him to that burn unit. And I was the only family member of his they could find. And somehow they found me at school. I guess because I, I was at school, I was in some sort of registry or something. I don't know. They found me and they brought me to that burn unit ICU. And for three days, I sat in that burn unit ICU waiting for my uncle to live or die. And all I had was a pin in a spiral with me. And while I was there, I got all wrapped up in this other family who, it was a big, a big dude, like a 6'6 dude. He was in terrible, terrible shape, dying. What had happened was he had picked up his son to go trick-or-treating, and they'd had a flat out in the country, and he was down there changing the flat, and a drunk dude came along and hit him and drug him down the road and hurt him real bad. And the, I remember that, that big old dude kept waking up in his bed and pulling all his stuff out, and um, and I got all wrapped up in that story. And so one of those nights when I was there, I wrote my own story, and my, my very first story in that spiral notebook. And my story was about a girl and a guy who had been in a car wreck, and the girl was... Um, in a hospital room, and the guy comes and draws a heart on the outside of her window. You know, because I'm super original. That's why I did that. And um, and um, and when I came back to my comp two class, I of course had not done my homework. I had not written the essay I was supposed to write. But I, to prove to my teacher that I had been writing, anyways, I just tore out those pages of my spiral and gave it to her. This is before we could print stuff out, you know. And um, and she took it, and I thought, well, I'm going to fail this class anyways. And then the next class, she came back and she said, "This is really good, Stephen. Can I do something with it?" I said, "You can do whatever with it. I just need the grade, you know." And um, and she submitted it for a department award, and it won the award. And ever since then, I've been writing. What happened was, I realized you can make money and win trophies for writing down stupid stories you think of, you know. And so I just kept doing that. I did that all through undergrad, all through. Um, I'm still doing it, you know. That's all. That's what I do. I just. It was a neat realization to me that all this stuff that I've got in my head, I can put on the page and somebody might care about it. You know, it was just totally eye-opening for me. Um, I've got like 22, 23 books out, I guess. Most of them are horror. And so I'll try to tell you, this will be the last one I'll tell, about before I was a horror writer and after I was a horror writer, I guess, what I consider the line right there. What that is is I'm in third grade, and at this point, I'm living with my grandmother, and you know, I said we lived way out in the woods, in the in the trees, in the scrub in West Texas. She lived like six times as far. It was like crazy out there, you know. No, there was nothing around, just cows and coyotes and stuff. She had ten acres with barbed wire fence around it, and she had a house planted on kind of one corner of it, and way on the back corner, um, she'd put a camper, and in that camper lived my uncle. He was 17, I think, and he. This is a different uncle that got burned, and um. He had just got married. You know, I think they had probably quit school and got married. This was this would have been 78, I guess, so I'm six years old, possibly. I feel like I'm five, but I was five or six. And they, my aunt and uncle, my just married aunt and uncle, who had moved out of my grandmother's house to this camper, were the most amazing people to me. They were titans on my landscape. You know, I'm this tall, and they're just like this height, I guess, but they were just amazing. They There could not be anybody cooler than these two people. And... So one night I'm sleeping on my grandma's floor about two in the morning and there comes a knock on the door and I get up, I'm wrapped in my blanket, it's kind of cold and I go to the door and I open it up 
and it's my amazing aunt and uncle from their camper, and they're wrapped in a blanket too. And they said, they said, hey, Stevie, can we come sleep on the floor with you? And I was like, well, sure you can, but, um, but what for? Because I couldn't imagine why they wouldn't want to sleep in their wonderful camper on the edge of the property, why they'd want to come sleep on the hard floor with me. And, um, and they said, you know, we, we, ju we, just, we just came back from town. We went there to the drive-in, and we saw that movie Halloween, and we can't sleep in our place anymore. Um, and, and I distinctly, distinctly remember stepping to the side and holding the door open so they could scuttle through in their blanket, and I looked out into the blackness of the pasture, and I, and I was just amazed and mystified what is out there in that darkness that can make these two people come inside and have to sleep on the floor with me. And ever since then, I've been looking into that darkness and writing about it. Thank y'all. That's Stephen Graham Jones, everybody. Oh, my goodness. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And join us at one of our live monthly shows, which take place every second Tuesday of the month at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California, and every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Both shows start at 8 p.m. and are always free to attend. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and for past episodes, photos from our live shows, and a list of our upcoming events and themes, please visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>